Welcome to the Nourished Souls Podcast. Your coaches, Jasmine and Michaela, are passionate about helping you on your journey to living a healthier and happier life through mind, body, and soul. Hi, guys. Michaela and I are here with Benita. She is an amazing soul. She's also an author, and we are going to be digging deep and just having a conversation about femininity, uncovering who we really are, and then the many routes we can go with mental health. It's not just a one-way street where you find a therapist. There's other avenues, and Benita has an absolutely beautiful story, and let's dig into this. I am super excited. I will say thank you, Benita, for speaking with us today. We're honored. Thank you for having me. I'm so, really as well. Yay. Yay. So, if you don't mind, could you just share your story? Wow. Um, so, <laughs> my story, I think it started when I was really young. Um, I was born with a condition. Um, I started writing whilst I was in hospital. Um, I've had depression. I had depression and anxiety since I was like eight, nine years old. Um, I went to many healers, many therapists, many, many different people who were absolutely amazing. Um, but they were unfortunately unable to help me. They couldn't really quite figure out. For me, I always knew inside that they weren't asking the right questions. They, they were very surface level. So, um, and then about three, four years ago, I kind of just I just kind of hit the nail on the head. I'm like, I need to sort myself out. If therapists and people can't help me, I need to do something for myself. So I kind of just went on this journey. Um, Though I've been writing since a really young age, I started to look for tools and things that could possibly help me. Um, And then that was the turning point for me. It's like the universe heard me and was just like, I'm here to help you. You want to do this? I'm here. Um, And it was, it was just generally really amazing. I then set up a platform for mental health. Um, I got made redundant from a job, like, which was the best thing in the world for me because <laughs> I hated that job. Though it taught me so much. It really did teach me so much. I won't lie. But um, it just wasn't me. It, it wasn't me. Um, I've been writing since I can remember. Um, I've been writing for myself as an outlet. Um, but then at the age of 17, I was in a media class, which I found really, really boring. And then ended up writing a little script for a scene, a scene for a script. That scene flew up into two novels. Um, I then wrote my third novel after that. But I released Broken Branches in um, May. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of, people have been getting so many messages from there. It's been going so well. The messages that people have received from there have been absolutely amazing. And it's made me feel great. Like I'm doing something like this is where I'm meant to be. This This is going the right way. Um, life isn't perfect, but when you feel good about something, then you know you're on the right track. Yes, I absolutely love that. And I also want to highlight, we had spoken about this in a previous conversation, but I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I think our clients, or not our clients, our uh, audience should hear this, where you use writing as a form of therapy. And when you reflected on everything, you start seeing like, oh, you know, I'm actually able to see myself growing as I write, which I think is phenomenal but could you talk a little bit more about that um so I did just 17 when I wrote Broken Branches I did not realize the lessons that I put in there like I didn't realize the messages that I put in there it was quite frightening um and then when I kind of started when I I've been editing it for like 13 years but when I started working on myself in terms of the tools and etc I realized that I am I was portraying everything that I wanted 
to be like the person I am inside but we're made up of so many opinions we don't realize who we really are um kindness was something I was so strong about and I didn't realize that that at the age of 17 and here I am sitting here now like always talking about kindness like something so simple but the world if I'm really honest is incapable of doing sometimes um you really do see yourself growing through the writing and another thing that I realized um I wrote about this a while ago um so one thing I started to do three years ago I just made it up in my head to start doing it um I noticed that my thoughts were very very intrusive and they kept getting in the way um and I say this to a lot of people that are kind of trying to discover themselves is to record your thoughts you don't have to have a notepad you have a mobile we're living in the 21st century like we have mobiles write all your thoughts down and one thing I noticed I think a lot on the train like my mind just goes into haywire whilst I'm on the train and when I and I started to record my thoughts and then at the end of each day I would put a red line through every intrusive thought that did not need to be in my mind and slowly you start to realize that the thoughts that are there are not yours they're belonging to somebody else you grow through that so yeah writing is an amazing way to go through um to go through yourself through I can't say it enough and I say it a lot to people and one question um that I get a lot and this is probably like swaying off the track a little bit is that um I get this a lot in uh from the writing community for interviews and I'm not gonna lie it's a very annoying question is do writers need an ego to write no because if you're writing from the ego you're not writing from yourself you're writing for other people and you're writing from perceptions that's not your heart and i think that's the amazing thing about writing it allows you to put your mind to the side and just completely write and you discover yourself through that i completely agree with you because i love to write and i think i'm more of let me just kind of grab some my journal favorite colored pen and just let my brain and my hand communicate and just write usually there's not something that I want to say I mean more often than not it's something I'm trying to figure out but again it's the thoughts like you said they're just coming in and when I write I don't think about it I really just kind of go from pen to paper because that's how I like to do it and it's just it's pretty much word vomit but then I go back through it and it actually makes sense but had I tried to actually try like try to manipulate it in some way in order to try to find the answer it obviously would not have worked so i think that's the important part is getting rid of those intrusive thoughts or writing them down writing through them whatever what have you but it's such an amazing tool and it was actually one thing that i learned from one of my favorite teachers in grade school every single morning we would journal for the first 30 minutes of school and oh, wow. she would and we could write about anything we wanted it could be personal we could create a story we could write about things that were bothering us at school. <laughs> yeah it was it was amazing and i still have the journals today and honestly when i read them i'm like oh my god but i was like 12 <laughs> years old of course they're gonna be a little cringeworthy but <laughs> it let us be creative and it let us and i think it especially helped being within that first 30 minutes of our day at school just kind of set everything like you get you know everything out on paper it's quiet no one's talking you're with yourself and you have the freedom to write what you want to write and I think that just sets such 
an amazing tone for the day. Yeah. And I think people can take that into account. And if you are a morning person and want to do that, or, you know, like you said, later at night, I don't think there's a right time. It just depends on. I think that um, so many people are set on setting goals and intentions for the morning, which is great. Like do your thing, like do it. Um, But it's like you said, like the idea of just journaling in the morning and just writing absolutely anything, it helps you to realize how you're opening your day up as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really amazing just to write absolutely anything in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to add, um, just to go back to what you said about recording your thoughts. I think that is beyond powerful because I, and I know from my own experience, we put ourselves down a lot or we think a lot of negative things and that we put back on ourselves that we believe is true. And it's really not just because you think something doesn't mean it's reality. And so I think that that's something that myself and our audience should incorporate in our daily lives. Not, if not every day, whenever you remember, just to like even say it out loud and hear it and be like, oh my goodness, I don't like that I, I thought that about myself. Or like you said, I am thinking this because someone thinks that I should believe this, yeah. but I, I don't yeah. believe it. So I can just scratch that out of my mindset. I, would I absolutely love that write red pen and literally just scrape it up on the paper like I don't need that I don't need that I, don't I need that. love that like it had and it had to be a red pen because in school they mark with red pens <laughs> so like sorry god no it was is that a technique that you kind of came up with or saw somewhere or is that something you learned in a therapy I- session no, literally, that was just me. Like, um, because the thing is, I, I, I've been writing since I was in, like, I was in hospital, and I just used to write, 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 write. So that kind of free flow, blah, blah, free flow writing just kind of stayed with me all the time. And then the idea, like, because the thing is, I started noticing that some of the things I wrote were not mine, and I was wondering, like, like. I would just write specific things and I'd be like, where on earth did that come from? Like, why would I write that? Like, that's not me. Like, and then eventually I started to realize that everything that was swimming in my head, it it was just weird. Like, I I remember just standing on the train thinking like, why would I think that? Why would I even write that? And then I just started to just write on my mobile, like the little notes section. I just started to write something on my mobile, anything, any thought that came to me that would kind of swim and make a whole load of trains. I would just write it down. Um, so yeah, that's just generally something that came to me. Um, something that I wanted to mention was about books as well. Like books, I was I was in hospital when I started to read. Um, I remember I would like watch the TV and I would get really, really bored of it. And um, the person that was helping me, he came up to me and gave me a book and he was just like, this would really, really help you. And he gave me Peter Pan. And from that point forward, I just became obsessed with Peter Pan. And that was where my whole imaginative journey just began. And that's when I realized like stories don't have to be basic. They can be absolutely anything. And I think if I didn't have the story of Peter Pan with me, I don't think I would have wrote anything. I don't think I would have become imaginative. I don't think I would have swayed into the creative world. Like it's really weird the things that come into our life and kind of just change everything. Yeah. And how old were you when you were in the hospital and you first got that book? When I got that book, I was about six, seven years old, I think. 
yeah okay. I remember um I was just sitting there and I was writing and writing and the tv wasn't holding my attention and I think I might have must have had like an x-ray or something coming up and um my consultant he realized that I write a lot I write so much and he just used to watch me be like this girl like she just doesn't stop and <laughs> and she was he was just like um I think this book will really help you like just generally and I think like having the condition that I have it's forced me to grow up so fast and the story that he gave me just really helped me to stay young and I think that's another thing that this world does it really forces you to grow up so fast it doesn't give you a chance to be a child and I think it doesn't give you a time to process things and that's why and and just learn how to grow not just physically but mentally too if there's an issue we need instant gratification to fix it or cure ourselves or if we're not feeling well we need to find a vice to distract ourselves in this dance society it does make me sad that we just don't sit and process and think and also in like tying that into books a lot of people don't read anymore because you can go look at tv and you know get something summarized within an hour versus reading a book and just sitting outside and just even noticing how my lifestyle has changed reading a book I have to like schedule it in versus when I was younger I love doing it so I I, I think it's something you mentioned Mary, um, before I forget Jasmine like this whole everyone's really played with the idea that they need to somehow fix themselves or that they're broken mm-hmm. one thing like I really am keen on saying and something that I've learned as well is that everything that happens to us happens to us for a reason like we are not we we do not need fixing we are not broken the struggles that we go through in life like they're there for a reason they're there to like build us up into who we are actually supposed to be if i did not have all the struggles that i had and all the things that have happened to me i would not be where i am right now and it's not about fixing yourself, it's about coming back home to yourself. Like, it all is a journey to bring you back to the person that you are essentially meant to be. Um, if I hadn't lived through all those things and where people are just like, and it's exactly like you said, it's quite sad that we don't sit there and process our emotions. If I did not realize how much our mind can control us, then I wouldn't have discovered emotions as a really am- amazing tool. They are strength and they can really push us to go forward it's like you said before really nicely as well it's about the mind body and the heart it's about bringing that together we're living in a world right now where everyone needs to live from the mind it's not like that it's about bringing them together um sorry i know i rambled on a bit (laughs) no i i love this this is phenomenal yeah i kind of want to piggyback off living from the mind and kind of correlating it back to depression and anxiety because I feel like probably like 90% of the population, and this is just a random guess, (laughs) living from the mind, very robotic, very, I have to check these boxes off for the day to be successful, to be happy, but really you sit back and you might be complaining about the job you're in right now. You might be complaining about your home, your car, your family situation, your relationship situation, all these different things because you're so out of alignment, you don't understand what it is that you need. Yeah. So when you have a lack, it's processed in your mind as, okay, well, I'm not enough. 
there's a lack within myself and you know then you get sad and then you know depending upon the person the situations obviously it can either escalate very suddenly and you can become very depressed and anxious and you know there are consequences to that but i also think that even if you are at like the higher end of the spectrum like very emotional very um anxiety driven yeah there or you're kind or you're you know kind of mediocre no matter where you are on that spectrum there are ways to get out of that and i yeah. kind of want to go a little bit into what um you kind of went through getting you know going through that depression getting out of it and kind of you know different realms and tools that you I, use i definitely want to um pick up what you said depression is very different for everybody um so i come from a family i'm, I'm going to be very open and honest about this I, like i come from a family that a lot of the women actually face a lot of depression um and obviously there's a reason for that um but the thing is that yeah depression is different for everyone and i've had it like my mom thankfully she was amazing she noticed it when i was very very young because she noticed that i wouldn't sleep like i would just sit stare at the wall the whole night um and I kind of, <clears throat> I went, like I said, I went through so many healers, so many counselors, so many people, they just wouldn't ask the right questions. And they were giving me like pills, 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 pills. Here's a tablet. Here's a tablet. Here's a tablet. And at first I used to take them, but it was my mum that turned around and said that I don't want you living off tablets for the rest of your life. This isn't going to help you. Like I'm in that position. I don't want you to have that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I stopped the tablets, but my mental health was a complete, like it was just absolutely awful um and then when I came to 21 I was just I kind of started relying on substances and alcohol to help me um and the thing is at the end of the day they are coping me mechanisms um and it isn't just substances and alcohol technology is a coping mechanism as well when people don't want to feel they go straight to the tv switch it on to switch their mind off um that is in a, that is a form of depression when you are using something to stop you from feeling that is a form of depression that is resistance to your own feelings um and then when I, when i was in the job i think the job was the was just the thing for me like it put me into it's, it's what you said it put me into a robotic system i was waking up in the morning going to a job i didn't like and then I would actually finish all my work by 12 o'clock to sit in a room and write my novel because I didn't like the job I was in. I was avoiding it. And then I would come back to three o'clock and then sit in a lo load of meetings that I, I didn't really contribute to because I wasn't happy in the job. It wasn't giving me anything. Like it wasn't fulfilling me. Not that a job fulfills you, but it wasn't helping me. And then I noticed like I would come home and I would cry and i did face a lot of um intrusive thoughts um and then when i got made redundant i remember i was sitting in a cafe and i started crying and i realized the only reason i was in that job was to make other people happy it was just because people needed to know that oh Benita's working a great job and she's making good money and she's doing this and she's going to get married and then she's going to have a load of kids and then she's going to have a house and then I'm just like 
but that's not the route that I want to go down. Of course I want to get married, but like, that's not the route that I want to go down. I don't want it to, I don't, I don't want to have a job and hold that job just because I need a man in my life. It doesn't work that way. And then all these things about the future were just like holding on to me. And then I didn't actually realize though I had accepted my, my medical condition already, I didn't actually realize how much it had actually traumatized me if I'm to be really honest. Um, so, and then by the time I came to, I think 26, 27 and I was made redundant, I was just like, I need to do something about this. Like the universe has made me redundant for a reason. And this is a time to like, I don't care what I do. I don't care how it happens. And I just ended up setting up a platform and then I started looking for therapists. And one thing I will say to somebody, and I get messages like these a lot, a lot of people ask me, how did you come out of depression? It's not like that. Like I, I'm number one, I'm not a therapist. I can't give you your, I can't give you the medicine. But one thing I will say is that you have to want to come out the depression. You have to want to get rid of that loud voice in your head that tells you that you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do this for all these other people. You have to want to like, and the thing is depression, it freaking hurts. It hurts like anything. It's like this massive weight on your body and like you just want it to go away. Like I can't say anything else. You want it to go away, but you have to want it to go away. Like I can't emphasize that enough. Like you can say that you can sit there and say that I'm upset and then switch the TV off, switch the TV on to avoid all that upsetness, but you have to want to face your demons. You have to want to look in the mirror and say, what is it about this that I don't like? Why do I not like me? You know, it's all these things that you have to face. And some people may want to use a therapist, some people may not. But for me, I found that all the tools that I went online to look for, like three years ago, I remember I was just like, okay, where do I start? Like counselors, I t- like counselors would turn me away and be like, I can't help you. Like they would actually say this to me. Wow. And, and I, instead they would just be like, I'll give you tablets and you can have tablets, but I can't help you. Um, and then I was just like, I remember going on my laptop and I would sit there for four hours every evening going through tools and tools and tools. And I had no clue what I was looking for. I had no clue what I was doing. I would just sit there for four hours and find these different journaling things about how I would like to be in the future, how I would like to project myself, how I would like to be this person. And and I remember the questions that they would ask me. I had no idea why they were asking me, but I would ask them. But suddenly everything would shift in that moment. I would start meeting people that would want to help me. Um, I remember I would never tell, I never told anybody about like me going solo to help myself because I was so scared of people holding me back. And I'll tell you this much, people will hold you back. They will, uh, the amount of times that I've had people say to me, don't you take this a little bit too far? Or I don't think this will really help you. Or maybe you're looking into it too deeply. Like I've had people say that to me. And people will really try to stop you. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to realize that I'm doing this for myself and I want to help myself and I want to get better. So you just got to keep going at it. And when I would do those questions, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was reading. And, but I noticed a shift happening and everything in my life changed in my favor. 
like I will I will say um, you brought up a good point there is so much power in your intention of what of how you want to be how you want to be to others and vice versa and a lot of people don't think about their intentions sometimes you know we were talking about how to set your day when as you begin start your day with intention I want to be this way and instead of always and we do this subconsciously without realizing it of you know I'm acting this certain way to make sure the my family approves of my decisions and you know we have to, one thing on a random note, it's not our responsibility for how we make others feel. If you're, if there's a difference of hurting someone's feelings, there's a difference in that. So I want to clarify that. But if someone feels that you should do a certain thing and to make them happy, that's not your responsibility, but we carry that with us. And we do these, we, we do certain actions and we apply for jobs and we go in relationships for someone else. We do that so often. So I, I really appreciate that you mentioning all of those things because it brings a lot to light, especially subconsciously that we should think on a more conscious day-to-day level. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. Like we do, we don't realize how much we end up living for other people. We don't realize how much we, how much like the things that we do, we don't realize, like, I can't say enough, we end up living a life for other people. Um, And the thing is, when you start your day, think about what makes you happy. Like, what would, what, what can you do today that will make you smile? What can you do today that will make you laugh? It's about you. You're here for you. You're here for a reason. And it's for you. So yeah. But um, yeah, that was most of my story for my mental health and I'm not gonna lie I still have days where I'm depressed like you're gonna get them it's 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 like it's not gonna change overnight it's it's taken me three years and I'm still on the journey like I won't say that I face depression as as hardly as I did before but I still have my days and I'm gonna say another thing it's about consistency it's about you have to be consistent in being aware i can't say that enough you have to be aware of your own behavior and don't it's like you said don't worry about other people's feelings it's got nothing to do with you and as long as you're being kind to people and you're being kind to yourself you've got absolutely nothing to worry about um people's feelings are their own responsibility it's up to them how they want to handle it and i'll tell you this much i have lost a lot of friends i have lost a lot a lot of friends but the way i see it is that it's not my loss, it's theirs. Like if they didn't want to be in my life, that's not my problem. Um, and it's solely because I looked after myself and I put myself first. Um, I stopped going to places that I didn't want to go to that I thought would harm my mental health. I stopped. Um, I think the change happened as well is when I stopped drinking, I didn't want to drink anymore. Like these things just dropped out of my life. And I'm, when I said like, I don't want to go to this place because there's going to be alcohol there and that's not really me. They didn't like it. And that's it. Your whole relationship just stops there. And you were, at first I was a little bit surprised, but I thought, do you know what? Like, I'm happy. I'm actually so happy and I can think clearly. I'm so aware of myself and I'm aware of the things that upset me. I'm aware of the things that trigger me. I'm going somewhere for myself and I'm happy with that. So, and I'm not going to say, like I said before, it's an everyday thing. You're going to have sad days. We are human beings. We're going to feel sad. And that's, and it's like you said before, we have to process those feelings. 
when we are sad we have to process that why am i upset what can i do right now that could make me happy or if i don't want to do anything about it right now let's just sit with the feeling let it let it go through us let it feel it sorry gone I was going to ask, what are some of the things that you use today? Like if you're having a bad day, what are some different tools besides writing that you use to kind of pull yourself out of your funk? Um, honestly, I pray so much. I can't, I can't say it enough. I pray so much. Um, um, I went through a phase last year where, where I completely stopped listening to music. Like my whole music just stopped. I can't say it enough. Like, I couldn't handle music last year. And I think it was because of the anxiety that I was feeling. Every sound would just trigger me. And I completely stopped listening to music. And then do you know what the weirdest thing happened during lockdown? Like it was just amazing. Like I started listening to songs that I would listen to when I was a child. Um, and there were a lot of folk songs as well that um, society kind of stopped me from listening to um and i didn't realize how much we are made of opinions again it comes back to opinions we listen to things to please others so that we can form a relationship with other people that we forget the things that we really really like and i started listening to folk music and obviously not everyone has to listen to that but listening to music is great for me it's a great tool for me it just gets me in the buzz um and be creative like that is that is the healing power for me, creativity. Um, I I didn't realize that I actually do like to cook. And I know that's a really weird thing for an Asian person to say, but I love cooking. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I loved cooking. Um, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I experiment with the most weirdest things. And sometimes it comes out really, really disastrous. And it comes then it comes out really, really good. Like it's just about the experimentation, finding yourself. Um, Another tool that I do, I don't know if anyone does this, but I do sand bowl healing. Mm. Um, I love that. It's just so calming for me. Um, it completely just stops my mind from going on a buzz. Um, I paint a lot as well. Um, that's something else that I do. Um, another tool that I do is I massage my mind as well. So I would use oils and sandalwood and I would just massage it into my scalp. That is so calming for me. Um, especially when you're facing anxiety, um, I would say oils are very, very helpful because um, it just helps to kind of just kind of relax the mind and, and it brings your senses back to kind of the present moment. Sorry, um, I had another thing, breath work, breath work, breath work, breath work. Um, something that I started doing, I started doing this, I think, uh, last year, if I remember correctly. So we're all living in a world where we live from a calendar, of course. <laughs> um, and my calendar is like, I'm like so forgetful and um, I put everything into my calendar. But I remember a few years ago, I downloaded a reminder app. Um, it's different for everyone's phones. But I downloaded a reminder app because um, it just pings me off for the things that I really, 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 really need to, to, need to do for the week. Um, and then last year, when I noticed that I was having like the intrusive thoughts and I was having like um, trigger moments, um, what I started to do, I put on my reminder app. So it buzzes off every three hours. And the only questions that are on there is how are you feeling and why? And it just kind of brings your awareness back to yourself. And what I do, I take a nice long, long exhale and I do it five times. And I ask myself how I'm feeling. Um, 
I can't say this enough because we're so busy living outside of us that we forget that we're here and we have a body and we need to ask our body how it's feeling. Um, and because I deal with chronic pain as well, like it just helps me to bring my awareness back to myself. So, yeah. I love that. I, I do a lot of those things as well. One thing that caught my attention at the end was we are so involved with other people that we rarely ever check in on ourselves. And at the very beginning, Jasmine kind of mentioned the femininity. And in my mind, I kind of see us always being, women especially, always being a caretaker or a giver or making sure that everyone else is taken care of before taking care of yourself. And just that balance of the masculine and feminine energy we don't have that and it really shows in our lives through our actions yeah so I kind of want to go a little bit into that and kind of see what your thoughts were um so I I love talking about energies I'm really obsessed with it like and I've only started like I only started on my journey with energies like a few months back um so I come from a family that is very driven by masculine energy. Um, and I, gosh, I think for me, what kept me in touch with my feminine energy was my creativity. I have always been a creator. I just love creating things, even if it's disastrous. Um, but for me, creativity is healing. Um, and I think that coming from like coming from a community, coming from a society where kindness is just not, recognize it's it's like people are just so cruel sometimes and I felt what it's like to be hurt I felt what it's like to be in pain I felt what it's like to be hurt by others I was also bullied in school so I, I took a lot of that on and then I felt like I had to kind of live up to everyone's expectations through logic go to university be organized set things on time um and all the other things that I like are obviously needed like masculine, I'm not saying like I think we need our masculine energy it it takes it's the it's two halves like we are of masculine and we are feminine um but embracing my femininity has been one of the greatest things that I've ever done for myself um and the truth is one thing I realized that I've been so driven by logic and mind so much that um I am actually a feminine person. Like I love just, I love nurturing. I love caring. Um, and kindness is just so important to me. Uh, creativity is so important for me. It's why I love to create. Um, and I'm still kind of on my route to discovering all of that. Like it's still a journey for me. Um, but yeah. So I have a question. So for our listeners that want to tap into that feminine energy, how would you recommend them start doing that? And whether you're male or female, you can tap into either or because we all have both. So it doesn't matter what gender you are. So what I've learned personally about energies is that, of course, we have both. But sometimes we can have more than the other, which is why I say that I'm quite a feminine woman. Um, so how did I tap into my feminine energy? I think the thing is, one thing I realized was that my masculine was very, very wounded. <laughs> and the way that I tapped into it is definitely through my creativity. But I will also say is through setting boundaries, learning to say no. I think that's where it came from for me. I was such a people pleaser. 
I, I would just say yes, 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 yes to everybody because I wanted to help people. And I'm not going to lie, I still love helping people. I still love being there for people. But one thing we realised, does that come from a sense of pride or does that come from us? You know, um, am I saying yes to this person because I want to make myself feel good? Um, so I think boundaries for me is definitely one of them. And I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. So setting those boundaries has really helped me. And the thing is, I think I didn't, so this is going back to my novel, I didn't realise how much I was really channeling how much feminine energy is needed. Uh, one of my main characters, Kelsey, I didn't realise how much I l would love to be like her. She's just of kindness and compassion and she supports her husband, not through like violence or anything, but just through her words. Like I, my words are so important to me. So I think coming back to my feminine energy is through creativity, like the clothes that I wear, what clothes do I like wearing? Makeup, like though I've stopped wearing makeup, I still like playing with it. I kind of like messing around with it. And I think it's literally through my emotions, tapping back into my emotions, understanding how I feel, why I feel the way I feel. Emotions are so important. Like I can't say this enough, like feel your emotions, don't resist them. They are your strength. They are not your weakness. People find sensitivity to be a weakness. It isn't. It's our strength. It helps us to be compassionate. It helps us to understand other people. So it's definitely through meditation, like grounding myself through meditation, nature. Just I found so much of my femininity through nature, like just sitting in the park and just taking all of it in is so healing. So, yeah, I know I kind of went on a rant there. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> like, no, no. Oh, you go first, then I'll, I was going to... I was just going to say, I think when a lot of people hear the word feminine versus masculine, it's this societal... It's like, no, it's not a bad thing, but I think people can sometimes portray it as, oh, you're feminine, you're girly, you're sensitive, you're going to cry if I pinch you, all these things. And then if you're masculine, you're buff, you're strong, nothing hurts you. But it's not like that at all. Rather, yeah. it's different strengths through each of the energies, we all have them. Some of them, like you said, are a little bit more leaning towards one side than the other. And I've even noticed that, you know, within myself growing up and even going through my business, it's always been fluctuating. But I remember when I was a kid, I was very in tune with my feminine energy, not like being subconscious, subconsciously aware of it. But I was always very sensitive, very empathetic, and I was very emotional. And not to say that, you know, I saw a picture of a puppy and started crying, but I was very in tune with the emotions of people around me. I could physically feel them, and then I would mirror them off myself because I didn't know. And then I got made fun of for being sensitive and being empathetic. And so I was like, okay, that's bad. I'm going to okay. shut that all off. And then that my feminine energy was dwindled and my masculine energy came out. And I, honestly, like I, I was kind of a bitch. Like, I'm not going to lie. And because <laughs> I felt that I needed to, to survive. Yeah. To survive, to be part of that tougher crowd. Cause I had a lot of guy friends and I wanted to be one of the boys and even, you know, hanging out with my dad or my uncles or my cousins that are males. It's, I always wanted to be a part of that crowd, but I already was looking back and saying, okay, we each have different things to offer. Look at those different things, you know, look at, you know, the masculine qualities of yourself. Look at, you know, how you think logically, 
how you analyze things and look into the feminine things. Okay, well, how do you feel about that? And it doesn't have to be a super sappy therapist on the couch, Sigmund Freud type thing, which it's not. It's more of an exploration of who you are as a person. We all have feelings. We're all entitled to them. So why would we not want to explore them a little bit? When you do have tools like therapy or coaching or journaling or anything like that, we have so many things to help support us in that. And I think it should become more normal. Um, One thing, sorry, before I forget, one thing I want to say is that I, I noticed that people say that it's masculine versus feminine it's not like that it's about bringing them together mm-hmm. so um i don't know if i read this somewhere or i i'm not gonna lie i don't know if i read this somewhere so if it belongs to someone i'm really really sorry like i'm just gonna say it now but um how how i see it is so we have a tree and basically the roots are the masculine energy it's supposed to be grounded it's supposed to be rooted in in the earth and then the feminine, it flows, it moves gracefully. And that is the branches, it's the leaves. That is, and the thing is, because feminine, we're always shedding, we're always changing. That's why we have the leaves, because they're constantly changing. But the masculine is always rooted. So it's not about feminine versus masculine. It's, it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be intertwined, it's integrated, it's together. <laughs> and that's how I see masculine and feminine energy. It's a tree. And sometimes we can have more branches than we have roots or we can have less roots or more branches. It's just about finding that in you. I think we just need to embrace it because uh, as you guys both mentioned, it's a part of us. And it always saddens me when people try to diminish a part of themselves just to make themselves feel better, fit in, whatever have you. But this is one of those things. They're both aspects that we all have. We do have different levels. That's what makes us unique, but embrace those. And you, you will be so much more successful, fulfilled, and happier once you are able to use those to your advantage. They're here. Why not turn it into an advantage? And that's my mindset on this. I remember, I think, Michaela, you said that it fluctuates and it's really strange because like, you know, when I come back to my writing, I can actually feel myself going in and out of the energies. Like it's really crazy. And the thing is, once you become more aware of it, you can, it's like you said, you can use it to your advantage. It's like with the feeling as well, because the thing is, as I mentioned that I'm so driven by masculine energy because of where I come from. That's why, that's one of the reasons why I do the reminders as well is because I forget our femininity is all in the body as well it's in our heart it's in our in our body and when I do that reminder it makes me come back to my body and it makes me kind of embrace more of that feminine side of me so I just wanted to mention that that's really powerful too though I, I really like that I like that and it it just shows you know the how strong our minds can be too which we all know that but that you can you can you like feel when you're fluctuating because not many people can even acknowledge that or they're trying to push it away so it's I I think that's really cool I think it's because of the fact that I write a lot so that's why I feel it like um like I think it comes from um I can literally just feel my emotions like pouring out of me when I write and I realize that is the feminine coming back out of me and it's it's for example like if I'm writing a check I'm completely using my logic you know, but when I'm writing, I literally just feel it pouring out of me. And that's when I feel it fluctuating. And the thing is, when you're doing something, you realize which one you would need as well. 
Yeah. Does that make any sense? Um, it does. Yes. It's like you said, you can use it to your advantage. And I, I, I remember a really long time ago um, when I was speaking to somebody, it, I think I'm saying this because you mentioned we don't realise how much we're controlled by our mind and we really are controlled by our mind a lot. It's about understanding and, and kind of being kind to your thoughts and just understanding them and kind of becoming aware of what you're thinking. When I was editing last year, when I was editing my novel, I was completely in the mind and I know that's what tipped me off and that's what got me started and understanding our energies as well I, and I say this as well I hate editing I hate editing so much like I hate it with a severe passion like when someone gives me something to edit I'm like no go away <laughs> so I yeah you just kind of end you end up becoming aware especially when you look back at your past like when I look back at my novels and I look back at all my writing and I look back at my editing journey it's crazy how much you realize like which way you were turning and which way you were coming from wow <laughs> you're just so yeah. profound with what you I, I can definitely tell you're a writer you have you're very profound so I'm just absorbing everything right now I think it's important for a lot of people to realize and understand that you don't necessarily have to go down one certain path. It doesn't have to look one certain way. There are multiple avenues that you can take for your healing, for your understanding, for your betterment and finding those things that work for you, whether it is writing or listening to music, journaling, doing the thought process, you know, of writing down the intrusive thoughts, crossing them out at the end of the day, doing therapy, going to a coach. I mean, there's, so many different options yeah, and it doesn't have to be the normal okay go to your doctor get a prescription and be on you know these pills or this program for the rest of your life that ultimately you are reliant on you are codependent upon and that even exacerbates the issues that you already have but yeah, it's just yeah. a cover-up I, I can't say it enough like don't I say this to a lot, a lot of people don't compare your life to other people's lives mm -hmm. we are each on our own journey and like when people wanted me to sit out and get a job and go do like the the whatever life thing that people do like <laughs> <laughs> I remember I just didn't I, so I think I could give a really good example like when I was in school like I really when I was in um I don't know what you call it in America so it was primary school for us. I was sitting in the classroom and my teachers were not supportive of me. They didn't think I had much potential to read and write. They would never spend any time with me like they did with the other kids. And I remember that uh, I really liked to read. I loved reading. And I would sit in the corner and when I couldn't understand things, I kind of lost myself in the story. And I loved it. Like I loved reading. And then... When I used to come home, I used to actually steal the books from school. I'll say that out loud and confess it. I used to steal the books from school and then bring them home and not give them back to the school. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's all good. <laughs> I, would, I would literally say to my parents, can you go buy me a dictionary? Because I, don't, I want to understand this properly. And I would sit there and I would teach myself how to read and write. So my point is, your journey is not going to be like everybody else's. It's not going to be the same. Again, it's the fact that you want to do it. I loved reading, so I wanted to read. And I noticed that the teachers would not help me. So I kept going at it and I discovered something that I liked. And the scary thing is, like, 
your journey is going to keep changing. It's not a straight line. You're going to go back and forth and you're going to go left and right. Um, so I will actually say this as well. During lockdown, like it was just a very big change for me as well during lockdown. I only read one book during lockdown for someone that used to love, love reading. I realized as well that I was reading so much because I was getting praises for how much I used to read as well. People used to, like, used to be amazed by how much I could read and write. And then I realized during lockdown, I was reading then because I found it a comfort. And don't get me wrong, I still love books. Like, I love reading. But <clears throat> it's, the, it's the praise of society and it's the kind of expectation of society that, oh, Vanita loves to read. Let's keep her reading because... And then my mind is just like, oh, people are paying attention to me because I read and write. Like, you don't realize how much you're living off of that. Mm -hmm. So your journey's not going to be like I could end up tomorrow. Like I used to read like three books within a month before because I was so obsessed with reading and I used to enjoy it, but I found comfort in it. I realized that people were kind of labeling me for reading. So I would continue reading because I found some kind of identity in it. Your, your journey is going to keep changing. We're not all the same. And I think it's the fact that your journey is not like anybody else's and we need to recognize that we're all on our own path don't criticize yourself for not being beyond anyone or anything like that it's gonna keep changing and you're your own person embrace that it's not a race and i would also like to mention if you go down an avenue that doesn't work for you that's okay it's something to learn and grow from a lot of us myself included i have been really hard on ourselves when you think that this one avenue or this one route is going to help you and it doesn't in fact it might do the opposite or it, you figure out it triggers you for something that's okay learn grow from it and then pivot your thinking so i really wanted to bring that up too yeah, um, forgive yourself for a lot of things too on another note um and i noticed the thing is um in the writing community a lot of the authors they love to write so one of the reasons, like I've, I stopped doing interviews with people in the writing community recently, um, I might get a great one again or not, I don't know. But um, I was really like, the writing community had this tendency to kind of, um, like for example, with my books as well, I remember when I was editing them, a lot of people would ask me, who are you kind of <coughs> writing your books for? Believe it or not, I didn't have an audience in mind. I had no audience in mind. I would just write and I would just edit and I would do it from myself. And I remember thinking to myself that I'm doing this because I'm not writing for other people. I'm writing for myself. And I don't want to take into account other people's opinions and other people's books, because if I do that, then I'm going to be writing for a market and I'm going to be writing to sell. And my book is not going to be about the things that I can give it's just going to be returning stories that we've heard 1,100 times. And so I know I have a point to what I'm saying and it'll probably get there. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> But my point is that I, I remember when I stopped, when I finished my second novel and I finished the editing and I finished it last year, December actually. And I was just, I don't have a market, but I'm going to put my books out and I'm going to see what happens and see where it goes. You just got to throw yourself out there. It, it's like I said, that's what my point was. It's like your journey is not going to be the same as anybody else's. So many authors would ask me, how many books do you read? Why do you write this? And who are you aiming for? 
it's not going to be the same as anybody else's you you're you're your own person like and just kind of go with that you know um I didn't have a clue how my books would turn out and I'm not saying they're like doing amazingly great like Harry Potter or anything but they're doing well and I'm happy that and people are taking lessons and I say this because like you know take that leap just trust yourself like you really have to have trust in yourself and I say this again with intuition if something feels right go with that like it, your intuition would never lead you the wrong way. That's a really good segue. We actually do, we like to do three takeaways for our listeners. Um, so I kind of want to give the floor back to you. What are three takeaways that you can give our audience about self-care, you know, pretty much encompassing everything that we've just talked about in the last hour. It's <laughs> three points. Okay. Um, in regards to self-care, I would be, I would definitely say self-care is different for everybody. Um, I'm very, very strong with my self-care regimen, but flipping learn to say no to people. I can't say enough. Like just say no to people. And the people that will let you realize that don't listen are the people that are not supposed to be in your life. Like if people don't, if people don't respect your boundaries, it's because they'd have no respect for themselves. If people don't honor your boundaries, it's because they don't know how to honor themselves. Um, I can't say that strongly enough. Um, if you need self-care regimens in your life, do it and do it intuitively. Like trust yourself with what you do. Um, another thing that I will say is I'm a very, very strong advocate for kindness and I will continue to be. Um, honestly, I can't say it simply enough. Just be kind to people like, and be kind to yourself. At the end of the day, people are only going to be kind to you as much as you are kind to yourself. If you show yourself compassion, if you show yourself kindness, people realize the kind of level of kindness that they need to give you. And I think we're living in a world where we can't tell people, we have to model it. So I I don't tell people, like when people want advice, I literally say to them, I can't tell you what to do. You need to do it yourself. Like you, you have to trust yourself. And, um, at the end of the day, we're all taking inspiration from each each of us. So I think modeling it the way through is the way to go. Um, I think in regards to my books as well, I would, it's taken me on such an incredible journey. I can't say enough. Like it's taken me on such an amazing journey. My characters have taught me so much. Was that a dog in the background? That's so cute. Like, um, so yeah my characters have taken me on such an amazing journey and they've just taught me so much and one thing I will say is that with what you're passionate about with what you love to do trust yourself with it and just go do it you know but um we're all on our own journey there's no race just go with your own flow and do what makes you happy um and in regards like femininity embrace your femininity embrace your embrace your kindness your compassion this world really needs it so yeah i like that i will say i think milo he's our other co-host he definitely agrees so shout out to milo but um also i want to i want you to share more about your books and where people can find you as well um so i have a website vanithacore.com um so my links to all my links are all there if people would like to go 
check out the novel. Um, I'm, I do use Twitter, I don't use it that much, but I'm mostly on Instagram and it's Miss mm-hmm. Vanita Kapoor. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all I can say. Yes, and those will be in the show notes as well too. So yeah, thank you so much for having me by the way. Of course, thank you as well. Like what you've heard? Well, there's plenty more where that came from. Are you looking to take these lessons to the next level and bring them into your own life? If you're ready to release old patterns, negative habits, and thoughts, ditch your diet mentality and negative view of your body, and transform your body, mind, and life to the next level, the Mind, Body, and Spirit program is just for you. Click the link below to find out more. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to our channel to be the first to hear our weekly episodes. You can also find us on Instagram at Your Coach Jasmine, at Nourished Soul Coach, and on Facebook in the Nourished Souls community.